You're listening to a podcast from Victory. We study the Word in order to apply and obey what it says. Explore this truth in week 8 of our series, Word View. As we end our series, we've been here in our series entitled Word View, where for the past 7 weeks we've been talking about the Word of God, that we are called to have a life of devotion. What else? We talked about that the Word is perfect. It does not have any error. It's, uh, it's pure. It's sufficient. It's clear. And that's why as believers, all of us here, we are willing to put our lives under the authority of Scripture. And as we learn all that for the past seven weeks, today, we're going to apply what we learn. The question is, how do we apply the Word of God? How do we do what it says? And how do we study it? Now we know that the series has been transforming our lives. It's been transforming our minds against the worldview. Now it wants us to be transformed by the Word of God. And this is actually what we want to talk about today. How to apply the actual Word of God in our lives. And our main text is found in James chapter 1, verse 21. And it says here, Therefore, Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Verse 22 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Verse 23 says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. Verse 25 says, But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in all his doings. You know, we start our scripture today, which is found in the book of James. The book of James is said to be the book of faith that works. This book was actually written by James, the half-brother of Jesus, and he was writing to the Jerusalem church. This was the church that he was pastoring. He wrote a letter because he wanted to address two things. Number one, he has seen that they have failed to put the Word of God into practice. And it was a root of something else. Why? Because the people during that time, although they were saved already, they were deceived by the world. And that's why he was saying that they were living a life with a double mind. They were double-minded people. When we say double-minded is, sometimes you are for the Word, you allow the Word to speak to you, but sometimes there are instances in your life that you actually use the world as your perspective. These are experiences that we go through. These are the advice that people give us that we're not sure if it's godly or if something that they've experienced as well. James was actually talking to double-minded people. But you know what? Yes, it was written 2,000 years ago or more. But the question is, in our lives, do we have a double-minded life as well? Are there things that, that make us decide based on what the world says? Or is it all based on the Word of God? And this is how he starts it in verse 21. He says, Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. What does that mean? He was reminding his people... The people of the church, the leaders, just like you guys, everyone, he was reminding them that what Jesus has done on the cross 
has bought you from sin and slavery, now you are free. He was reminding them of their identity in Christ. He was saying that you are no longer slaves of sin. You can actually remove that life and move forward. And that's why he was reminding them to put away all wickedness and filthiness. He was saying this to remind them of their true identity in Christ. And now he starts with saying the word, receive. He said, and receive. In another translation, in the NET version, it says, to receive is to welcome. You know, when we welcome someone that we invite to our house, we like them to be there. That's why we prepare for it. Me, I like inviting people to our house. I like hanging out with people in our house. I would always invite people to hang out. Like the Magtotos, we'd always go there. It goes to us, no? And as I've shared with you, we have a 12-bedroom unit. So, Silaria would stay in one of the rooms. And we would hang out. But, but before the visitors would go, it would actually be, we would actually prepare for it. We'd actually go to the grocery, buy something that they like. We'd actually prepare it. We clean it. Nilinis namin yan. We make sure that when they get there, walang kalat. We make sure that when they get there, they get there safe, they know where to park, we welcome them. And when they're there, what do we do? We, enter- we entertain them. We talk to them. We spend time with them. We give our 100% attention to our visitors. We welcome them. We receive them. Same as the Word of God. When we read the Word, James is saying that we welcome it with 100% of our attention. When we read it, when we open the Bible, we're ready to receive it. We want them there. It's an appointment. They don't just get, just barge in. We're ready for it. We want them there. We want the Word of God to speak to us. Have you been to a house na ano, in-invite kayo? Uy, punta kayo sa amin. Pagdating nyo doon, oh, nasa room lang ako. Tawagin nyo lang ako pag aalis na kayo. We don't do that. Do I do that? No, I don't do that. When we receive people... We welcome them. And this is what James was talking about. We receive them. We welcome the Word of God. And he was giving us a posture of what our heart should be. He says, how do we receive them? In meekness. What do you mean by meekness? To be meek is actually to be submissive. It's an act of humility. It's being humbled by the presence of God. That when you read it, you're saying, Lord, I don't know what you want me to understand, but I want you to explain it to me. I want you to reveal it to me. Do we have this posture when we read the Word of God? Are we humble enough to say, Lord, I don't know what to do and I need your leading? Or are we the type of people that whenever we open the Bible, we say, Alam ko na yan. Nabasa ko na to. Therefore na naman. Wala bang ibang umpisa? How do we respond when we read the Word of God? Are we people who actually are not 100% fully engaged to the Word? Whenever we read it, everything that's in your mind is actually to be on the next task. At 7 o'clock, you open your Bible, and then you know that by 15, in 15 minutes, traffic will build up. Ang iniisip mo na, makakaboka ba ng Uber? Are you fully engaged and concentrated to the Word of God? Are we in the mood? Or is it a requirement already for us? Sabi nung, ano, nung nagpipreach, kailangan daw, basahin ko every day. And so you have this heart where you say, Lord, I read my Bible five times this week. Dapat may wish na akong kapalit dun. 
Is it becoming a requirement or something that we negotiate with with God? What is our heart whenever we read the Word of God? He says, we receive or welcome in humility, which one? The implanted Word. It says there, the implanted Word. And what is the implanted Word? It means the implanted in the Greek language is emphutos, which means to be permanently in place. It's something that takes root. Something that's ho- it holds there. And when we talk about the implanted Word of God, because James was saying that it is rooted to the gospel that we know. Because if we really know who Jesus is, we can actually accept all His teachings. Because if He know who Jesus is, that He died on the cross for my sins, now I believe that everything that He wants for me, that will save me, it will be good for me, it will be something that will protect me, it will be something that will be a blessing to me. And this is a covenant that God gave. And we see this as a prophetic gesture in Jeremiah. It says in Jeremiah 31, it says, For this is the covenant that I make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. This was uh, God saying that He will be the one to put the word in our hearts. It's actually Him putting it in our hearts. The question is, are we welcoming Him to do that to us? Are we, are we actually allowing Him to put the Word of God in our hearts? You know, we are called to receive the Word in humility. And when we say humility, what we're saying is that whenever we read the Word, we accept it. We don't negotiate. Lord, ang hirap naman ito. Pwedeng step one muna. Lord, ang hirap nito. Baka pwedeng hindi ito para sa akin. Are you a person that when you see the word that is hard to apply, you would actually automatically look for someone else? Pag nakita mo, hirap nito. Kiglenda to. Whenever you read the word and you see that it's difficult, you find fault in other people. Eh, okay naman ako eh. Baka kay Abram to. Kasi pag nag-transition siya, galit siya. We receive the word in humility because it's good for us. That's his heart. A father's heart to us. He always wants to minister to us. But you know what? James does not end there. He was saying that to apply the Word of God, it doesn't end with reading it, with studying the Word. He said in verse 22, we have to be doers of the Word. We have to do something about it. We have to apply it in our lives. You know, one of the last trainings that I've experienced when I was in um, the previous company, when I was still working in a multinational company, they actually sent me to Antipolo for three days with a few uh, couple of people. It was, a, it was a training on seven habits of effective people, I think, by Stephen Covey. It was a three-day thing. We were locked in Antipolo. We were allowed to go home because they wanted us to make sure that there were exercises and applications or something that you would think about and reflect about after the 8 to 5 seminar. And me, being a very uh, competitive person, I would always have questions. I would always be the... Pag sinabi nung facilitator, I have a question. I will answer. I wanted to get all the learnings from it. I would write down everything that I needed to learn. I would mark it. Patlo dala kong stabilo. Yellow, green, blue. So tinanong ako ng katabi ko, anong ibig sabihin ng blue? Hindi ko alam. Panlalaki? Wala, basta I mark it, I underline it, I put a star, asterisk. I wanted to learn so much. I, read, I wrote down everything that I needed to learn. 
and I would actually picture the things that I wanted to apply. Sabi ko, pagbalik ko ng work, eto gagawin ko. Para efficient ako, I will change this, I will talk to the people, I will, we have to change this, we have to do this. The training was on a Friday. Three days, Wednesday to Friday. And on Friday, when I went home, sabi ng wife, oh, kamusta? Ang galing, grabe! I'm gonna, I'm gonna revolutionize my work. Ang dalinan nito. Feeling ko, ganito mangyari. Saturday, I met a few people. Grabe, ang galing ng training namin. You should see the manual. I'll, I'll lend it to you. Sunday, galing talaga, galing. By Monday, when I got back to work, nakita ko yung desk ko, ang daming pipirmahan, daming titig na. And syempre, as a Christian as we are, anong gagawin natin? Hindi ko rin alam na eh, kung ano sagot. So I did what I needed to do. I forgot about the training. If you ask me if I applied one of the seven, maybe the eight, I don't know. But I don't even remember applying the one to seven. Why? Because it was actually, I forgot all about it. I was eaten by what I needed to do. Sometimes we're like that. When we read the word, we're excited. You want to do it. We're excited. We, when we read it, when we, when, Lord, eh, not, grabe, first time, Lord, kinausap mo ako. Grabe yung scripture mo. Jesus wept. It's something that I want to apply. Wala akong compassion. I want to cry. And then nothing happens. Have you experienced that? It's hard to do. Why? Because we're eaten by the world. We go back to the daily grind. We get busy. I want to say this to you, but stern warning. I'm going to say this out of love. And this is for all of us. You know, many times, we have this idea that as we hear a preaching, the preaching will make us grow as believers. But reality is, if we don't apply it, we'll just be back to where we are. We won't go. We won't grow. Whenever we hear a preaching and we like it, we need to do our part. We need to apply it. We need to respond to do our part. I like the message version of this scripture. It says that the Word of God... For people that who do not apply it, it's as if it enters one ear and then exits another. Just passes through. Warren Worsby said, Too many Christians mark their Bibles, but their Bibles never mark them. Isn't it true? Sometimes we could write down everything that we could do, mark it, but the world would actually lie to us and deceive us that there are a lot more things important for us to do than to apply the Word of God. In verse 23, it says, James was giving us a picture of what it is if we do not apply it. Sabi niya for if anyone is a hearer of the Word and not a doer, is like a man who looks intently at himself, natural face in the mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets what he was like. If you think about it, bakit ganun, no? why was James talking about a mirror that when you look at yourself intently and then you leave? Ano ba yung, bakit, what, what's it about that mirror? You know, during this time that James wrote this, wala pa pong mirror na glass. Mirrors were made of polished metal. And when you look at yourself in a polished metal object, it's something that will not give you 100% of the reflection. So it means you need to look at it intently. You need to look at yourself. Ganito ba talaga itsura ko? Bakit parang mas maliit yung ilong ko? Na alam ko. 
Pat iba. When your mirror is not 100% reflective of you, you get to look at it in different angles. We get to think about it. Is this really what I look like? And the verse says that when we see something different or we see something not right in our faces, when we see the reflection, we have to actually do something about it. If tomorrow, when you wake up, before you leave for office, meron ka nakitang ganito kalaking muta, Uy, muta. Okay, pasok na ako. You take it out, right? We take it out. Why? Because it's not normal. It's not normal that you go to the office with muta. You have to clean your eyes. You know, this is what the Word of God does. It's actually a reflection of what we need to see. More than a mirror. It would actually show us what's wrong with us. When we read the Word of God, we would actually see what we need to do. It would actually give us a reflection of the sin that we're going through. It would actually give us a reflection of our attitude. Mayabang ba tayo? Do we have that pride? It's a picture of reflecting what we need to see about ourselves. But the problem is, we don't do it. Some of us can actually ignore it. Yung feeling mo may dumikang konte, pero everyone sees it na there's something wrong with you, but for you, no, may dumiba ako. Wala naman ha, normal lang. This is very unfortunate. When we continue to live our lives as if there's nothing wrong with us. When the Word of God is clear, for us to see that we need to change, for us to see that we need to do something about it, for us to see that we need to repent for our sins, for us to see that we need to say sorry to a loved one, but we don't do it, we close the book. The Word of God is saying that we're deceiving ourselves. In Tagalog, niloloko daw natin ang sarili natin. It's us who is at the losing end. I like what J- James said in the same book, Chapter 4, verse 17, it says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Grabe, no? When we learn what we need to do based on the Word of God and we don't do it, the Word says, it's actually sin. How do we respond when God reveals things to us? Once we receive it in humility, how do we respond to His Word? You know, God desires the best for us. But we all, if we only read the Word, understand it, study it, but we don't do it, it's actually robbing ourselves of the best of what God wants us to experience. We're called to obey the Word of God. Very simple. We have to do our part. God reveals to us truth. Now we need to do our part. We need to respond. Psalms 119 verse 33 says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with all my heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. You know, a practical way to look at the word is to ask, Lord, show me what you want me to understand in your laws, in your words. Lord, teach me. Give me understanding and lead me to what you want me to do. This reality, maybe some of us, or maybe most of us, would quote scriptures in the Bible. We may know 
hundred, hundreds of scriptures. We may know a lot of things. Principles, stories. From the Old Testament to the New. Everything. We may know all that. But if we don't apply the Word of God in our lives, we won't be able to move forward. God won't be able to put us in His will. God won't be able to use us the way He designed us. Question that we want to ask each and every one of us today. Are there things that we need to obey? Are there things that we need to apply? You know, one of the things that I want to do today, which is different from most of our preachings, is to actually do it, apply it, apply the Word of God. And today we're going to go practical. So, what's next? We want to apply the Word, but the question is, how? Verse 25 says, we start it by looking. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, he's talking about the scripture. The word look here that was used comes from the Greek word parakupto, which means to bend over, to see something better, to find out something intellectual about it. It's actually not just looking in front. It's researching, it's reading, it's meditating. It's looking for answers. Did you know that your Bibles, most of our Bibles, would have pages and pages of an introduction to a book? Sometimes it's at the back. Sometimes it happens before the book. But it's there. We just need to read it. We just need to study it. To be able to know the leading of God, we need to make sure that we study the Word of God. We need to make sure that we dig deep. One of the things that I want to share with you on the practical side of it is this. That as you study each book of the Bible, how many books do we have? 66 books. We need to actually know this. And if you're starting your devotion tomorrow and starting a new book, this would be a good thing to to start with. Number one, know the author. Know the author. Know the audience. Who is he talking about? Sino ba yung sinulatan niya? What is the purpose of the book? And then what is the context? And this is what we did a while ago about James. Now you understand when we read the scripture, ah, okay, so ang nagsasalita dito si James. Sino kausap niya? His church. Ano yung purpose niya? He wanted to address issues of double-mindedness. What was the context? They were thriving church. He was old at this time. We only learn that if we read, if we study the book, if we study the scripture. And if you're ready, we're gonna do... Something different today, we're gonna do road. Have you heard of road as a method of doing your devotion? So, road means R. What, does we, what do we mean by R? It's read. When we read the word, we have to read it fast. Read it slow. Read it silently. Read it aloud. In any method, read it in different styles. Read other translations. After you read ESV, read NIV. You know, one of the things that we have the privilege of having is free Bibles in the internet. There are a lot of versions there that we can actually validate from. Even the Tagalog Bible is available there. So we read the scripture. And once you read the scripture, you highlight the things that impact you. You highlight the things that you feel that God is speaking to you with. What's O? O is observe. There. When we observe, we look at the context. What was happening? Where were they? When was this? What are the words that were used? Was it repeated? Is there a concluding word? Is there a word therefore? Sometimes we would hear and read words like, Truly, truly, 
Why did they repeat the word? We observe that. There are commands. Why are there commands? Look for the promises. We observe. And then, letter A is ask. Ask questions like why. Why did this happen? Ask questions like what. What is going on? What does it say to me in my life? We can ask questions. And then lastly is do. How do we respond? We need to repent. Do we need to say sorry? This is action. We start doing it. We start learning new disciplines. And another way of doing something is actually prayer. When God leads us to prayer, it's doing it. It's something that is uh, spiritual, that when God reveals something, we get down on our knees and we pray. We do it. Alright? So I hope you guys are excited because today, we're going to actually do road. I'm going to give you a scripture for the next few minutes. Let's read it. And then we'll try to observe. We'll try to ask questions. And we'll do. Alright? Are you guys ready? Alright, let's read John chapter 20, verse 24 to 29. Alright, I'm going to give you guys time. Okay, alright. So, we'll just check something that you have observed. Can I hear someone to say something about what you have observed in the scripture? Yan. So, yung iba, kunwari, walang ano, busy. Sige, Abraham, choose one. Alright, let's give a hand to the young gentleman. What have you observed? Ayo maniwala ni Thomas. Yes, from the other disciples. Yes. Yes, that's good. Oh, nakita niyo ba yun? Diba? They didn't believe Thomas. Kahit may proof, they were convincing when they were convincing him. Okay. Oh, one more observation. Brian, alright. What's one thing that you've observed? Thomas was not with the disciples. Yes, when they encountered Jesus... Thomas he was, was not yeah, tama. Okay. Kaya nga hindi siya. Nakita niya rin ba yun? Yes. Alright. Siyempre, iba. Yes, yes, nakita namin. Oh, one more, one more. One more observation from uh, Abram's group. Yes, ma'am. Thomas wanted proof or evidence yes. for him to believe. That's good. Alright. Let's give a round of applause to our volunteers. Alright. So, we'll see, no? Oh, stay there lang. Okay. Observation. This is what I wrote down. Number one. Thomas did not believe the other disciples about Jesus' resurrection. Maybe he was a person that needs to see first to believe. It's very obvious, right? Another observation that I found is Jesus defines a blessed person and that's believing without seeing. So because of my observation, what did I conclude? That we are called by Jesus to live a life of faith. And that faith is a life of faith is what? That we don't need to see. A life of faith. Right? It's not seeing to believe. It's the other way around. We can actually believe something that we do not see yet. When we do road, we write down all our observations. There's no limit to it. You can fill in the entire page for this. So now, we should ask. What's one thing that you want to ask? Bakit hindi naniniwala si Thomas the disciple? Diba friends sila? If you think about it, diba barkada tayo, ba't di ka naniniwala sa akin? Anong problema? Diba? Yun ang siguro if I was Peter, diba? or Paul, or John, or Ringo, whatever. Oh, one more question. Yan. And what's the purpose nung ano niya? Yung pagtatanong niya bakit ayaw niya maniwala? 
Yes. Ano kaya yung purpose niya, di ba? Bakit ba ayaw niya maniwala, no? That's good. That's good. Ako, these are the two questions that I wanted to get clarified. The first one is clarity of the verse. This is my question. How did Jesus enter the room since the verse says the door was locked? Nakita niyo yan? Diba? These are the questions that we want to ask because if we don't understand it, we can actually look for the answer. Lord, bakit ka pumasok? Anong purpose? It was locked. The verse says the door was locked. And then all of a sudden, Jesus was around them. Why? Because He was no longer in His flesh. Na-resurrect na siya, diba? Hindi na siya kailangan ng pinto. He just appears where He wants to appear. Okay. Another question that I wanted to ask, but this time, I want you to get this. This is a reflective question that I wanted to ask. And this is my devotion, by the way, a few days ago. I really chose this to share it with you. This is my question. What are the things that I've been believing for that I've lost hope on because I do not see it happening? No progress. It was like a Thomas in me. Kahit sabihin ng mga victory group leader ko, kahit sabihin ng pastors na I don't believe. Why? Because there was uh, ano na, I don't see it. Is there things in my life that I need to see first to believe? So, I think question ko in my mind. Okay, and the last one is do. Alright. What is one thing that you want to do based on the scripture? Siguro yung faith pa na mas maniwala kasi mo muna kikita. Yes. Diba? It's something that will allow you to do that. Meaning, ang sabi niya, no? It's to have that faith that even though I do not see it, now I will believe it. Alright. These are the two the two reminders that I wanted to do. Sabi ko, remind myself of the things that I'm believing for that it will happen by faith. Although I don't see it yet, I can declare it's yes and amen in Jesus Christ. It's a picture of Thomas and his unbelief. Hindi siya naniniwala. And nagpakita na ngayon si Jesus. And sabi ni Jesus, ano sabi niya? Blessed peace be with you. Blessed are the ones who do not see yet believe. And this is what I want in my life, no? Lord, na I don't even need to see, but I can believe. This is what I learned from this text. And now I began to actually write down the things that I needed to remind myself na, Lord, di ko kailangan makita mangyari, mangyayari na lang. It's yes and amen. I was actually given a picture of a cake that whenever we buy a cake, do we need to see how it's baked? We just know it's there. We just know that when we need it, when we buy it, it's already there. And I build up yung faith ko. But I needed to do my part. I needed to write the things down that I needed to believe again. And lastly, dun sa do, I wrote down to pray that God will guard my heart from unbelief. That I don't want to live in unbelief. That whenever people would ask me something, and I would reply to them that they need to see first to believe. I don't want to impart that to others, unbelief. And it starts with me. And I hope you get this, that doing is an act of prayer as well. doesn't mean that when we pray, we're not doing something. We're actually doing something. When we pray and ask God to change us, when we pray and ask God to change our heart of stone to a heart of flesh, what we're saying is, Lord, di ko kaya, do your work in me. It's surrendering our lives to the one who can do it. Last few reminders. Some guide questions during your devotion as you do your road on a daily basis. Number one, does it reveal an attitude to change or a sin to forsake? Ask these questions based on the scripture that we read. Number two, 
Does it reveal a specific promise to claim? Does it reveal an example to follow? Does it reveal a command to obey? In these four questions that we ask, ano yung nag-apply dun sa kay Thomas na story and Jesus? It's number one, does it reveal an attitude to change? Sabi ko nga, Lord, ayoko ng ganito attitude no, of unbelief. And then second, it reveals an example to follow. The example of Jesus saying that to believe is not necessarily to see, but to actually to believe that it has already happened. Okay ba yun, yung road? Thank you, dun sa lima. In verse 25, as we end, it says, we are called to study the word. It says there, but the one who looks into the perfect law and the law of liberty, and there's a key word here, it says, persevere. When we persevere, we do our part. We meaning, we do it. We fight for it. There's discipline. We do it until the end. And I was thinking about an example of who this might be. And I know that you've noticed social media being flooded of um, posts about Billy Graham, a 99-year-old pastor, reverend, powerful evangelist, speaker, someone who is devoted to the Word until the end, at 99 years old. If he could actually preach at that age, he would. When we persevere, the Word of God makes stronger roots in our lives. The Word of God just overflows in us. When we persevere and receive the word and when we apply it, we can actually benefit from it. We, are a, we have a blessed life. And this is the reward, the promise that James gives. In the end, he said that whoever not only hears it, but does it, he will be blessed in his doing. When we apply the word of God, when we study it diligently, we can have a blessed marriage. When we apply the Word of God and study it, we can have actually a blessed career, blessed relationships. He promises that, that we will be blessed. He will always be for us, protect us, strengthen us, lead us to the right path. If you think about it, this is the heart of God. The only reason why He wants us to obey is for you. It's really for you. It's for us to have a life that is full, to have a life that is worthy, something that honors Him. And we can enjoy that life. As I end, I want to share with you Luke chapter 11, verse 28. And in this verse, Jesus was teaching a crowd just like this. Bunch of people, huge number of people, teaching them what to do with their lives. He was uh, preaching about the kingdom that is at hand. Because of the preaching that he gave, there's this one woman, shouts, Blessed is your mother who carried you. Sabi niya in verse 27. Alam mo yun, di ba? Yung pagtita. In our context, di ba? Yung mami mo, swerte talaga. Alam mo yun, yung mga tita, di ba? Buti lang, di tayo naniniwala swerte kasi malas yun, di ba? She shouted, Blessed are you among women. Uh, sorry. Sabi niya, Blessed is your mother. Mali. Sorry, erase that. Sabi niya, Blessed is your mother in verse 27. But what did Jesus say? Verse 28 says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. I know you want to be blessed. Sometimes we claim it. Lord, we are blessed people because we are your children. God wants that for you. He has given His instructions for us. Spoken to us. 
wants to speak to us on a daily basis. But we need to do our part. The biggest part He has done already by dying on the cross. And this is our position as sons and daughters of God. He wants us to be blessed. How do we do that? We need to obey the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank You that Your Word is clear to us. Thank You, Lord God, that we can declare this Word, that we are blessed. Why? Because we are people who obey Your Word. Thank You, Heavenly Father, that You are in our midst today. Lord, speak to each and every one of us. Lord, I declare that You're giving them courage right now. Some of you, my brothers and sisters, are having this hard time because you know that it's going to hurt you if you obey God. Why? Because it may be a wrong situation. Maybe a relationship that you're in that, you're, that you shouldn't be in. But you know what? God is saying that He will be the one to restore you. Some of us might be afraid to obey God. Why? Because we're not sure of what will it turn out, of what will happen if we obey Him. But you know what? This is my declaration for each and every one of us, even to myself, that when we obey the Word of God, we know that His plans are always good, pleasing, and perfect. You know, when God blesses us, He does not add trouble to it. Walang sabet. Always be good for us. Even the time that when we obey, He knows that. I believe some of us are hesitant, but you know what? I believe God is bestowing courage to each and every one of us. Lord, thank You for Your people today. Lord, thank You that their hearts are ripe for You, Lord God. Lord, thank You that whenever they read the Word, they will look into it, Lord, in all angles. They will study it, Lord. Thank You, Lord God, that You have given us this hunger to know You more. Lord, thank You that as we obey You, Lord God, You're going to be a Father who is delighted to us. That whenever we do something, Lord, as we obey You, Lord, You're going to be a Father who is so happy that You're going to reward us, Lord. Lord, thank You that You're giving us an inheritance of of children that belongs to You, Lord. Lord, thank You for bestowing blessings upon blessings upon Your people. Lord, I declare that You're going to surprise them this week. Thank You, Lord God, that You're going to move in and through them, Lord God, Favor upon men, Lord God, as they obey You. Favor upon transactions, Lord. Favor upon restoration of relationships. This we declare in Jesus' name and everybody say... You just heard a podcast from Victory. For more messages like these and to access other resources, please visit victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash victoryph.